Peeking behind the scenes, this is the cast from Buxton Opera House. I'm Helen and I'm looking forward to bringing you a monthly podcast which gives you exclusive backstage access to all the goings on behind the scenes at Buxton Opera House. I'll be bringing you various features such as interviews with our producers, directors, performers and crew, masterclasses with some of our creatives, history from the people who know the Opera House best and much, much more. The cast from Books and Opera House will be your one-stop shop to find out all the on-stage news and gossip from the theatre in the hills. This month, I'll be joined by Chief Executive Paul Kerrison, where we will be talking about Buxton Opera House, asking how he got into theatre, and what is it about Buxton Opera House that makes it a great theatre to visit. We will be here to regale you with the latest news, chat and more once a month, so make sure that you subscribe or follow the cast from Buxton Opera House on Apple Podcasts, Podbean or your preferred podcast provider. To find out all the latest news from the shows and to join our mailing list, check out buxtonoperahouse.org.uk. So, raising the curtain for the first time, I introduce my first guest, Paul Carrison. Paul has been chief exec with us at Buxton Opera House for the last five years. Uh, before coming to the High Peak, Paul has enjoyed recognition for his contribution to the arts with an MBE, uh, an honorary doctorate, um, Paul, you have had some hugely successful productions with us uh, and have helped us introduce uh, a large-scale community production such as West Side Story, Oliver, Rent, uh, all part of the Learning Engagement Programme. So I suppose my first question is, is how did you get into theatre? Well, apart from it being a long time ago, I suppose my first exploits in theatre was at school when I played Mabel in the Pirates of Penzance after which my father uh, I don't think he took a like to this production and I didn't do anything for several years after that Uh, but after I left school I was doing various jobs and then and I was working as a follow spot operator at the Bournemouth Pavilion it was and somebody suggested I go to this open audition and Cameron McIntosh the then very unknown uh, theatre producer had a production of Godspell which was going to go around the country and it was an open audition I queued up for about five hours outside Drury Lane eventually got to be seen there was only 10 parts going and to my personal amazement I got the job so I was then in Godspell for four years that was in the West End as well and I suppose I didn't look back after that. Wow that is quite a story really how did you kind of progress from that to being a theatre director? Uh, That was a long time after Godspell I was in the very first year of Bill Kenwright's very long-running production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat playing several brothers over about four years I then landed my favourite role ever, which was Riff Raff in the Rocky Horror Show, which I did up and down the country for quite a few years. And I suppose the key moment was I auditioned for the Manchester Library Theatre Company, which did a lot of musicals in those days. And I just auditioned as an actor for one show. And I ended up staying, performing in plays and musicals for eight years at the Manchester Library Theatre Company, during which time uh, the then director allowed me to choreograph. So I ended up choreographing the various shows like, well, the European premiere of Follies and Pacific Overtures by Stephen Sondheim, Sweet Charity, 
cabaret, Chicago, loads of musicals in the 80s and 90s. And then the guy that was the chief executive asked me to direct a show uh, that won the Manchester Evening News Award. And you just have to make sure that you take that opportunity and make sure your first chance, you seize the reins. And I did. And it was a big hit. Nobody actually knew what Chicago was in those days. They do now. Uh, But in those days, I knew it was a kind of potentially huge hit. So when he said what musical would you like to direct as your first show? He wasn't too sure about this, (laughs) Uh, but I was, and it was a big hit. So I thank Chicago for that. What was it particularly about Chicago that you really kind of saw that star quality about it? Well, I'd seen it in the West End. It wasn't a big hit when it first opened in the West End. Um, That was the original production from the mid-70s that eventually got to the West End in the early 80s. And uh, I kind of liked it, but I I thought arrogantly I could make a better job of it. So, and, and since then, of course, it's been made an even better job of by the current sort of production of Chicago, which we all know and love. Uh, that sort of black and white, very sexy version. And uh, that was the production that really did turn it into a, a global hit. What was it that you particularly kind of love about being a theatre director? What? How does it feel when you're kind of in that seat and, you know, obviously probably a little bit stressful, but fantastic at the same time, I should imagine? Well, yes, I, I suppose I, I used to love choreographing shows and I thought, oh, it'd be much better if I choreographed and directed. <laughs> so I did. And I suppose the reason for that was I could see the whole thing in a musical. That's not the same in plays. I've actually directed more plays than musicals but with a musical the musical director the choreography the design it's more of a sort of collaboration and I did enjoy being in charge of that process I also having been an actor I kind of liked working with actors a lot of directors are are scared of actors because they probably talk too much or they question or challenge but I quite like that environment to be perfectly honest I don't mind sometimes actors you know, I feel I end up being more like a social worker than a director because actors can be quite vulnerable, insecure, even the most famous can be insecure. So I kind of like that approach as well, looking after actors from that point of view to get the best out of them. So I suppose putting it all together, um, that's why I like being a director. I suppose we've all been a bit vulnerable considering the last year and the pandemic what do you kind of think that theatre brings to people? How does it enrich people's lives, particularly after the year that we've had? Before, it was it was an enricher of people's lives. It made them think, it was entertainment, it got them out of their own worlds and into a magical world. And I suppose after 14 months without theatre, uh, and it's only just beginning to re-emerge, I think people want that even more, that sense of community, enjoyment, together, rather than just watching it on a video screen. It's so important, and I think um, just the arts in general, and the pandemic has proved that this is vital to people's lives, really. I don't know how you kind of feel about that. Not everybody appreciates that, but I know from doing community work or working with learning and engagement the difference it can make to young people and old people of course but especially young people 
I've seen theatre and the experience of drama or just performing or opening the doors to that talent that if you don't, if somebody doesn't open those doors, nobody will come through those doors. And it's life-changing for young people if they can manage a world in theatre, whether it's performing or designing or just being in the theatre. It opens doors to all sorts of careers. So moving on to your time with us at Buxton, you've been here since 2016. Uh, What was it that initially kind of attracted you to Buxton Opera House? It's the nearest theatre to my house. (laughs) Uh, I used to to work uh, for 23 years before Buxton. I was at the Haymarket Theatre in Leicester and then I opened the very now famous Curve Theatre in Leicester. So I was there at Curve for eight years. But I was always living, since I worked in Manchester, as I bought this little house in the Peak District. And so, unbeknownst to me, really, and I used to commute uh, to weekends back to the Peaks. And so, Buxton Opera House was always on my radar, if you like, as my local theatre. Not that I had any time to come to Buxton in those days, but somebody I knew suddenly was working as a CEO at Buxton about six years ago and I came over to see a few shows and just to meet her uh, because she was a former colleague and then I kind of got to see this theatre and enjoy it even more and appreciate it even more so when the opportunity came up it, it seemed a good fit to me. Definitely. What do you think makes Buxton Opera House so popular with its audiences? Well that was very clear from the moment I walked in that there's a huge passion Uh, for the Opera House, uh, the actual architecture, uh, the enjoyment of shows, all sorts of varieties of shows, and the passion of the staff, the passion of the customers. It's a jewel in the peaks, and it's a Matcham Theatre that has, unlike many Matcham Theatres, survived intact, pretty much, uh, unlike a lot of other Matcham Theatres that have perhaps had modern additions put onto them. But the Buxton Opera House is something to be very proud of. Uh, of course, old theatres are challenging. They have to be uh, kept and maintained. But that's all part of its charm. And I, I, I don't think I've ever met quite so many customers that just love coming to their own local theatre for that reason. Everybody is so passionate about Buxton Opera House and it's not just the staff, it's the volunteers and, and, mm-hmm. and everybody. And that, I mean, it's is that quite unusual in your experience? Well, volunteers are absolutely crucial. Um, they're part of the staff, really, um, because without the volunteers, it would be very difficult to see how the uh, audiences could be serviced properly. Uh, but volunteers, they're doing it for that very reason. They just have such a passion for the place. And I know other theatres have volunteers, but uh, th- this is a particularly passionate, dedicated group. In the time that you've been here, we have had a huge upswing in the Learning Engagement programme. Thank you very much. Um, what is next for Learning Engagement? Yes, uh, when I first came here, it was interesting because I'd been used to, in my previous role in Leicester, been dealing with a vast array of participants, uh, all year productions. And so there wasn't much of that going on, to be honest, when I first came. And when I suggested, well, let's open the doors with the production of West Side Story, there was a kind of understandable resistance. Where's that audience going to come from? Where are these participants going to come from? But of course they did, and it was virtually full all week, which showed the potential. So since then, the only thing you should do is expand it 
and that's what we're currently doing and certainly after the pandemic and with grateful thanks to the Culture Recovery Fund we're expanding this department and we've appointed a a learning engagement manager and she is full of energy and I'm sure that this department is going to flourish and expand and it is audience development. These are the audiences of the future, the more people you reach that don't normally come to the theatre and they you open those doors, as I've said before, uh, people come rushing in, I usually find. Why do you think learning engagement programmes such as ours are, are just so important to the local community? Apart from the enjoyment of whatever they do, now learning engagement isn't just putting shows on, on the stage, it's going out there into the communities and doing things. It's working with local artists, local groups, and you develop your audience and those are the audiences of the future. And you can't just expect an audience to come and sit with a gin and tonic. Those are probably usually the older audiences. And perhaps these young people will eventually become that. But I, I think it's very important that even though we've got an old venue, we do new things in that old venue. And that's what will attract all these participants. Do you think, particularly after the recent announcements of possible plans to the courts, to arts education, that programmes within theatres are vital to encouraging young people into the arts? Well, that's an amazing sort of unfortunate thing that uh, has been exposed as a potential outcome of cuts following the pandemic. But it's really a very bad move if this comes about because, for the reasons I've said, learning and engagement can keep a lot of young people off the streets. It offers them careers in the arts And the arts is a growing business. The arts, uh, when you think of film, television, Netflix, all of these people that people see on, whether they come to the theatre or not, all these actors that you've seen have all trained in theatre, drama school. And so it's all connected. It's all one thing. So if you sort of cut it off at its source, like anything else, it'll probably gradually die. Mm. So moving back on to you, what productions can we look forward to from you next? I'm about to reopen the theatre with A Little Night Music. Uh, This is a co-production with the Buxton International Festival. I've done a lot of Sondheim before and this seemed to be the perfect choice. It's selling well, which is very comforting. Uh, And following that, we are going to produce our own production at Christmas, so Aladdin and his flying carpet uh, is coming our way at Christmas because this is what we were going to do last year. So we're more than ready for rubbing that lamp this year. And Buxton is known for its family Christmas show and this will be exactly that. So we're hoping schools and families will come rushing back. I've also, because in my other... A previous career I, I've done lots of other shows and some of them are still going so I'm very fortunate that another show I'm putting on is uh, my never-ending touring production of Hairspray which has been touring the UK and Ireland uh, starring Brenda Edwards actually who's just fantastic so I'll be putting that on in months as well. How do you have the energy to run this theatre and then go out on tour with Hairspray? It just takes my breath away. Because I've done it before, of course, it's like a well-oiled machine. Uh, This is the fourth tour and I do have a resident director. (laughs) So I make sure that I don't stretch myself uh, and share myself too scarcely. But it's funny that after relatively little artistic 
uh, activity for the last 14 months, suddenly everything's happening at the same time. But I'm trying to keep cool. (laughs) How are you getting on with that? Well, as I said, I've just got to pace myself, make sure I delegate. I've got choreographers, I've got assistant directors. And as long as the show ends up being as I imagined it would, that's all that matters. As we move forward to reopening at the Opera House, what are you most looking forward to seeing as we get towards that reopening? I think the most thing I'm looking forward to is seeing an audience sat (laughs) in the Opera House because... You know, the the Opera House never closed during the 1920 pandemic. It never really closed during the two world wars. I know it's been a cinema in harder times in the 50s and 60s, but it's taken this pandemic to really shut the place. And going in there, you know, I've been going in there every week, doing Legionella checks, running taps, doing my bit to make sure the theatre, along with our technical staff, of course, it's not just me. But it is very sad to keep walking into that place with nothing on in there. Well, not me with nothing on, but nothing on the stage. (laughs) Yeah, it has been, it's been heartbreaking, really, to just see it empty. It's yeah. so hard for And everyone. now it's coming back to life. We've got actors rehearsing there. We've had a few meetings in there. The volunteers are coming back. We've all got our COVID protocols because a lot of people are nervous, you know, and we have to make sure people feel comfortable and safe and then we'll be prepared to make the audiences feel comfortable and safe, which we, we have put all those measures in place. So it's an incremental coming back to life and uh, firstly with our staff and then in a few weeks with the audience and you're back first with a little night music and that's running from july the 8th to the 24th the six performances at the moment we're planning socially distanced because that's what the government guidelines allow but of course a theatre like buxton opera house cannot survive long on socially distanced performances which i'm sure the audiences will realize and as soon as we get back to full capacity safely the better that's something to look forward to indeed thank you very much for joining me paul thank you Peeking behind the scenes, this is the cast from Buxton Opera House. Well, that's all for this month. I'd like to thank Chief Executive and Director Extraordinaire Mr Paul Kerrison for joining us this month. Don't forget to get your tickets for his new production, A Little Night Music, which is here at Buxton Opera House from the 8th to the 24th of July 2021. Tickets are selling fast, so make sure you don't miss out and head over to our website www.buxtonoperahouse.org to grab your tickets for this production now. That was the cast from Buxton Opera House. Please follow and subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.